The good news on the sound front, John, is that after Christmas, when my roof is going to be started, so around about the end of January, I will have a new recording suite in my attic. And I'm very much looking forward to having a proper microphone set up permanently. And it's just going to be wonderful. Oh, that'd be good, won't it? And you're going to have an entire wall full of your posters because that board is nowhere big enough. Nowhere near big enough. I have a whole wall behind me. I am genuinely, sadly, really looking forward to it. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's going to be your, your little man cave. It's going to be awesome. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Sheer Isolation. I am John in Cricklade and Kieran has had his hair cut in Trowbridge. I have, yes, by a lovely lady who said to me, oh, you're the most positive person that's ever come in here. Everyone else comes in, is so miserable. And I was like, thank you very much. You are a positive Obviously, person. she didn't have a high-pitched voice. I was just, you know, being using dramatic license, poetic license there, to indicate that it wasn't me that was talking, it was someone else. But you've only got two voices in your entire range, haven't you? And you've just done both. <laughs> yes, I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So the purpose of this show is to promote and highlight the, the local music and art scene. Um, our guest this week is a, a bit of a legend in Sarancester, John Parker, who's, um, he won't mind me saying, he's been around for absolutely decades. He's a really well-known name in the town. He's been in countless bands. He does teaching. And he's just been there through all the, all the transition from the old vinyl analog punk days all the way through to where we are with digital downloads and, and the, the current shape that the music media takes. And, and he's lived through all of it. So we have a really good, good chat with him. Have you been to any gigs this week? Have you, what have you been doing? I, I had an absolutely magical weekend with a lady called Catherine Pretty. Um, her album went to number one in the folk charts and we caught her just at the right time. Um, our venue only held 61 people, but she could have sold it out twice over comfortably. You know, she's absolute rising star. We played her song, I think, last week. She's just an absolute talent. She's wonderful. But her gig was Spellbinding. It was just magical. Um, she doesn't move around a lot. She's very stationary and everything is very purposeful. So like every song, every every pluck of the guitar, every note is very purposeful. Every every sound that she makes from her voice is very purposeful. And it was it was just magical. <laughs> Absolutely amazing night. So um only 61 in the audience, but she could we're, we're gonna sell out a bigger venue next time. Brilliant. Now uh, last week I meant to pop to the Vic in Swindon because they were doing like a 60th anniversary of a photo. They they took yes! a photo on Facebook from 60 years ago. A big crowd stood outside the Vic and they replicated it last weekend. Unfortunately, I was having I, I don't have anything serious, but I did have quite a runny nose and and um, I, I do suffer with my sinuses. And I thought now is not the time to be going into big crowds with a big runny nose. So I missed out on that. But um, I know a couple of people who went along and, and I've seen the new photo and it, it it's gone out there now for history for another 60 years it looks amazing yes i did see it it was very very good yes okay let's play a tune kieran why have i written slag heap <laughs> uh, you've, you've written slag heap it's a song called our shower slag heap are a bristol-based four-piece riot girl sort of femme punk girls they're brilliant they're fantastic they're fun they're silly they're ridiculous they're great they're playing trowbridge in uh, 2022 they're playing trowbridge next year but I wanted to put it on everyone's radar now because they're so they're so fun. And their support band for the night are called Slug Puppy. So I think it's just a, a name of stupid band names. Slag Heap supported by Slug Puppy. Um, so this is a, sl- a song by Slag Heap called Power Shower. I am already looking forward to this gig. <laughs> Sadie! 
silly some silly lyrics and some silly meanings and they're just so much fun that's all you need i mean i am really into wet leg at the moment and that is exactly what they are i love wet leg oh my god i love them so much they've only got four songs and i listen to them on repeat 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 oh you are not the only one book them kieran book them mate they're already too big for me they played they were on the um late night show in america the other day they were they've they've they're already too big, mate. They're already too big. Product placement time, Kieran. Yeah, I finally got my record. It's the, the new Delta Sleep album. So, John, this is an interesting one, right? Because Jack from Alcopop, who was a previous guest on the show, he talks about how bands don't, or audiences aren't downloading the music from download code. So you buy your vinyl, you get your download code, and apparently the take-up is only like 20 to 30%, which is tiny. It's like one in one in five. So bands have stopped doing it. So Delta and Sleep released this vinyl, their new album, their fifth or sixth album called Spring Island. It's absolutely amazing if you like your mathy indie pop, which I do. There's no download code, John. So I literally have to play the record every time I want to hear it, which is fine. But it means I can't play it on my MP3 player. I don't use streaming, as we're all aware, because I hate it. So I'm going to have to do something else to get acquire this music on MP3 format. I can digitise vinyl for you if you trust me with some of your vinyl collection. I can put it into MP3 format. Now, you can't see the colour of that because that looks like white, doesn't it? But it's actually like a really dusty baby pink. It's lush. I'm going to go really obscure. There's a really obscure Channel 4 comedy called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which you may not have I love it. In, in that, the, the author says that he is what, the, one of the few authors in the world who's written more books than he's read. And Karen, I'm going to put it to you that you have been involved in more streams than you have streamed. <laughs> yes, almost certainly. Yeah, for, sh- for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, time to get on to our, um, our guest for the week then. So uh, as we mentioned in the opening link, this is John Parker, who's a musician from uh, Sirencester. We, we want, I wanted to get him on for, for a while because I just know he's got the fascinating history of, of always being in this region and just seeing the various trends of music come and go and always being in bands and always being involved with teaching and having the, the musical contacts from the region. Um, so it was really fascinating to, to chat to him. Um, at the minute, he's in a couple of uh, cover bands. Uh, he's part of uh, Danger Mouse and also Champagne Charlie. I think he's probably got his fingers in a few other pies as well. And uh, yeah, it's a really fascinating one, one to, to listen to. Yes, he was a really fascinating geezer. Mm. Uh, I, I will admit that the audio on this wasn't great to start with because we were having trouble with Zoom connection. So it was a little bit clicky, but it does get better. So that, yeah, you just have to... Give us a couple of minutes Bear to sort us. our sound out. <laughs> I probably started in bands when I was about 16 on the guitar. My main aim was actually to uh, be a singer in a band. That's all I wanted to do. So I, I thought there's two bands in Sirencester in my, my year at school. And uh, 
I thought I'd better learn the guitar because all the bands are full. So I better start my own. And yes. I met up with a few few guys. It's a kind of common story. Drunk yeah. night in a marketplace. I met up with uh, two guys uh, with one of my best friends. And we're going to start a band, take over the world. You know, the usual thing. Our band sort of developed. Gradually, we wrote a few songs. And we decided to get them recorded. And there was a, locally, there was a guy called Trev Short. You might have heard of him, might not have done. He was in a band called Dealer. And they used to go to sort of heavy metal parties. He said he was very proud of the fact that he knew Lemmy. Lemmy yeah, had bought him a beer in <laughs> Chippenham. But he had a little studio in his, in his broom cupboard, basically, converted out. And we went up there and recorded and learned a lot about playing, really. At that time, I wasn't even playing guitar. I was playing the bass. I wasn't allowed to play guitar. I wasn't good enough at that point. We had a band called Throat Space briefly, which was quite funny. They were quite heavy. We, our one and only gig was in uh, Minchin Hampton at the Black Horse. And amazing how many people you could draw when you were like 16 or 17 to your own gigs. <laughs> we used to have, all our gigs were always packed out, but we could hardly play. What know? year so was this? Was what year would it have been? This is probably about 1988, 89. Wow. Um, but we started to learn. We were getting better. And then gradually we changed personnel, had a few fights like bands do. Like, yes. Yeah, we don't, like, Creative we, differences. we don't like this style anymore. We had name changes as well. Crashing Sons, the Julia set. Crashing Sons was terrible, but they were a good band. Sometimes we'd go out, go for a night out, meet some musicians, and suddenly they'd be in the band, and the rest of the band would go, um, <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> you know? But as you grow older, you get into different stuff. I had a family, and but I never stopped playing music. My ambitions changed. I didn't really want to be famous anymore like I did when I was 21. I was dying. You know, somebody said, you're not going to make it when you're 21. You just go. I will. You just watch yeah, right. Me. You know, and then <laughs> gradually you realise that that's not actually, I realised that I quite like being a dad, to be honest. That was quite <laughs> nice. And with that sort of parental responsibility comes fiscal responsibility as well. So <laughs> I suddenly became a very good self-promoter because I needed money and the only thing I really knew how to do or wanted to do, I, I knew quite a few things, was to play music. So I'd be ringing this pub up and said, have you ever thought about doing live music? And they'd say, yeah. no, we haven't. I said, look, I'll do your deal. I'll come round for 50 quid first time. If you like me, pay me double the next time. Nice. I said, or if they weren't interested at all, said, can you pay my petrol? And I didn't drive. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I still don't, actually, uh, which is unusual. But um, they'd say, yeah, I'll pay you petrol. I said, oh, it's 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> I live a long way away. Or... You know, or I'd be cheeky and say something that 21-year-olds only can say, you know. And they used to like it. So did they just appreciate somebody having the nouns to actually ring up because it took courage. Yeah, In those sure, days, totally. it was harder to ring up and promote yourself, you know. It wasn't just sending an email and firing off the same one to 50 different venues and everybody knows that that's what's been happening. Mm. And they, they yeah. come back to you when they need somebody because they're out of artists that they can contact. Yeah. And I've been on the other side of it where we've organised small gigs as well and you need to cover... We'd always get a support band in because that's what used to happen to us. Otherwise, the young bands would have nowhere to play. Of course. And if you were savvy, you play before the support band because they then you get their crowd. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, because we learned very quickly that if you had a support uh. band who had more friends than your band... That um, they'd all leave by the time the, the you came on, and it would, it would be empty. 
and the yeah, promoter would say to you, or the, the venue would say, like, you know, nobody drank any beer. <laughs> so we'd always put on, the, the support band would go on last. There you go. And then <laughs> the, everybody else would love it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fast forward along go now, John, just to bring us up to present day, because I wanted to um, promote your School of Rock as well. Do you want to tell us about um, how you got yeah. involved with that? We don't do the School of Rock, me and Tim, very much anymore because it, it just sort of dried up. But one of our students was actually Phoebe Pine, who is now the Olympic archery champion in the Paralympics. No way! Wow. So she went, yeah. So that was just one of those coincidences where that happened. But lots of people came through the Rock School, which I love. If you check her out, there's an artist called Leah with two L's. She's a really, really cool LGBT plus Q plus artist and she knew who she was when she was very young and I she's about one of the best female footballers I've ever seen in my life as well as a great front man or front person she's um very very cool sort of person uh I remember I turned up once in a suit to my job she she nearly cried she said you can't be in a suit you're my guitar teacher <laughs> so as if it wasn't allowed you know i just I, you have to be you're too rock and roll for a suit. but she's great there's been other people um one of the guys i used to teach is now a guitar teacher called tom jacobs and he plays with katie j pearson um and she's somebody that's coming through as well and developed by sony at the moment then there's of course joe garner whose who's track i'm i'm promoting today and he's just a natural born songwriter yeah, i remember as soon as I, he wanted to know how to write, write songs and sing straight away. Um, so he'd be, he'd bring a loop pedal in and we'd start working on that. And I'd be showing him things to avoid, to stop him sounding cliched, you know, and he was, he was really cool like that. And so he was really good sort of coming through the rock schools as well. They all did a bit of band work, you know, and it was my idea of the rock school was not the kind of thing that <laughs> a lot of people wanted. They, it was kind of boot camp for musicians. That's what I wanted. But for, you forget you're dealing with young kids, so you can't do that. So it changed quite quickly. It became much nicer than my original attention, intention. It's like boot camp Lovely. for musicians is, is kind of a thing you can do with older people, but they want alcohol involved. So it, we had this idea of rock school, which was going to happen, and it didn't quite happen the way we expected, but other things happen. I like to get things done, and it's frustrating to me when the kids don't do anything. But it, it, they, they learn a lot from me, but sometimes what I used to find is that I was wearing them down. <laughs> you know, so they go, I'd find the real musicians in every group of people. So, you know, you'd have a bunch of 20 music, wannabe musicians, and eight would be staying by about six months' time, which is not very lucrative. <laughs> You know, in terms of rock school, it was great for the musicians and the ones that are, st I still see people that used to do rock school and they want me to do it again with other people. But it's sometimes a bit soul destroying when you lose so many because they can't keep up with music. Music's quite a tough discipline and they, they don't yes. realize that. It's hard to learn to play your instrument. It's hard to be a singer, you know, and it's hard to learn how to be at the front without yelling at everybody because you want your own way you know or they're doing something wrong you've got to wait for them to learn the tunes so there was always a band of some sort even if it was just a drummer and me or if it was uh three drummers and two bass players and me playing the guitar or you know i play the bass if there was a guitarist and other times we'd have 
we the most we ever had we were on stage was thirty at the same time, and that was a, it sounded like thunder. We I had really a similar good. thing with a, a school of rock in Chippenham. I don't know if it was the same. Yeah. They had seven electric drum kits set up on stage. Seven. <laughs> it's really good. I forced them to send it all out mono so I could get them all into the mix. <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, we used to do parties and stuff as well, and I used to, I used to suddenly have to be able to work out what key the bassoon was in because we have <laughs> some lovely kids from private school who would play exotic instruments. Um, well, I think that brings us on to your song. I was going to say you've um, you've picked a track by a guy called Joe Gardner, I believe, is a Surin-based musician. Do you want to tell us why you picked him? Yeah, Joe's a natural songwriter. Um, he's at BIM uh, in Bristol at the moment. He's just somebody who's got it in him to write songs, and he does it in a kind of very contemporary way. It might not be the kind of thing that I would write, but I really admired him for doing it. And his dad does podcasts, you know, probably Neil Gardner as well. Um, him and, and Pavo and Siren Sister used to do Pancast. Yeah. So they... They helped him out, and they made a video as well, which um, features one of the guys. It's Daisy Cooper's dad from this country. So what I admire about that is that his dad was so supportive of his music that he just, A, sent him to guitar lessons with me so I could help him develop. But not only that, through his own contacts, he persuaded other people to join in with him, which is, tends to me be the seed of success yes. with artists, is that they often have parents who are in the genre or they're in connected industries, and it helps the kids move up a level, you know, and sending them off to BIM in Bristol, that's something that wouldn't have been able to happen when I was young. They, those places didn't exist. You could go to RADA if you're, a music, if you're a drama student, but there was, like, music college, that would be, like, a conservatoire, or it would be Trinity, or it would be a very stuffy kind of classical existence that you would move through, um, and you couldn't be, like, a pop star or, you know, an artist or a songwriter. And that's now possible. So the song Pain, and I looked, looked at it, and I thought, well, this is quite interesting. It's got really strong instrumentation as well. I noticed there was a saxophone in it. So he must have pulled his resources, because he was at Stroud at the time. So he, he was probably speaking to his friends and people who were to engineer the song for him and record it for him. It's a real DIY project involving everybody in his close circle. That's what attracted me to it, really. Cheers, cheers for that. Enjoy. And um, yeah, for people who are watching the YouTube version, that the video is something else because, as you say, it's got Paul Cooper who stars in in this country, mm. being a bit of a drama queen on the stage. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah it's, and it's at the vaults as well, which I like, which mm. is uh, a Siren Sister venue. Yeah, is that still um, going? It is still going. Um, Amazing. It's being run by the folks at the Golden Farm now. Um, so that's Kelly Keane and her husband. So they are one of those places that have been running music near sort of in a time when people have been very precious about doing music events, they've still been doing stuff outside, keeping it safe as well. And they've been, run, they've been trying to do that and keep it going when nobody else was. But this has been a weird time for music the last two years. Hasn't it ever? But then again, if pubs are busy again, which they weren't before the pandemic, <laughs> then that can't be a bad thing for music in the end.
everybody left, everybody went quiet Gonna have to put myself on another diet No, no, I'll just start a I can feel myself so quiet Wanna make a change, but I never made changes Never read a book, but I just flipped the pages Oh man, I'm just so damn tired I can feel myself that line But people always look in another direction The track we've just played is uh, from Joe Gardner. It's called Pain. You have to go and check out the video if, if you're listening to us on, on the radio because uh, it features Paul Cooper, who is more well-known as being Martin Mucklow from this country. Um, he stars in this uh, video. Yes. We, had to, we talked about him last time, didn't we? Because he's obviously sort of Swindon, born and bred. And he used to play in local bands, and I did his sound once. So there you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Will he remember you? Get him on. No, no, he won't remember me. You can't even get in contact with him anymore. He closed all his social media down. So, oh. Right, uh, let's move on to news. There is a lot of news I want to cover because last week, uh, which tends to be the theme with us, as we're recording, Boris Johnson then rewrites the rule book and changes absolutely everything. So as we stand now, the, the rules to protect us mean that we have to wear face coverings and we have to produce some kind of vaccine identification to enter large venues. Kieran, what is a large venue? Anything over 500 capacity. 
Oh, we've got a straight answer this time. Excellent. So, yeah. so what, what does this mean? Do tell. Well, interestingly, so um, Music Venue Trust did issue some guidelines. If I'm being cynical again, which I'm not, they don't generally tend to be, but um, actually it doesn't really mean a great deal. The chances are that most of us are probably still wearing masks anyway. It just means it's, it's now mandatory to go into certain venues or to go into 500 plus cap venues. Uh, a, a lot of us are still doing that anyway. They're asking for a proof of lateral flow test. That's easy enough to do and easy enough to achieve, easy enough to get hold of one. It's a very minor thing they've asked us to do and, and doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really change a huge amount, if, if I'm honest. What they're not saying is don't go, don't go to meetings, don't go to parties, don't go to gigs, don't go to events. They're not locking anything down. They're not stopping you doing anything. Just saying, t- take your COVID test before you go, prove that you're safe and enjoy yourself. So as far as you're concerned, it is business as usual. As far as I'm concerned, it's business as usual. Cool. Lovely. Any other news you wanted to share? Yes. Low ticket count for Gasbrookfield. So Gasbrookfield is almost sold out at Trowbridge Town Hall. So please buy those last tickets, sell it out. The capacity is still only, it's less than 100. So it's still, you know, if you're worried about being too close to people and all the rest of it, it is going to be safe. It is going to be wet mask wearing, hand sanitizer, open windows, that sort of thing. So don't worry, all of that's in place. But that aside, we're nearly sold out and it's going to be an absolute banger. I'm so excited. Um, he has a local gig to announce, a full band show. I won't ruin the surprise, but that's quite exciting. Um, but there's also a low ticket count on Andy Bell from Oasis and Ride. So he's sold nearly close to capacity as well. So again, it's the same principle, wear masks, hand sanitizer, windows open. So it's all be safely looked after. But yeah, both gigs, low ticket counts. That's great news. Even with COVID, stuff is still selling and we're still doing really well. So I'm really happy about that. The signs are still very positive. Are you saying low ticket count? In my mind, that that means that you haven't sold many. Uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, that, you're right. That does. That is correct. You, you are correct. I am wrong. <laughs> we have low ticket stock, I guess, is the phrase. OK, low I just ticket- wanted to clarify on that because it sounded like you were yes. promoting gigs that weren't going well. <laughs> no, no, they're doing incredibly well. Um, I'm going to rewind a bit. Gaz Brookfield, uh, an incredible songwriter who is just completely dedicated to the West Country. That, he, he's kind of like a one trick pony in that regard. But all of his songs are absolutely amazing. Yes, they are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful songs. He's a wonderful human being. But he's, he's got a full band tour, full band show. I think that'll be Lex from Devil Sold His Soul on drums. It'll be Nick Parker. It'll be Benny Wayne and um, all the rest of them. So, yeah, it's going to be a really, really wicked show. But that's not, it's nothing to do with me. It's not my gig. But my gig's almost sold out. So my gig's a solo gig. So. Okay. Uh, if people want to get in touch with us, then you can email sheerisolation at gmail.com or go to the website sheerisolation.co.uk. You can find previous shows on your, your Spotify's or your Amazons or your YouTube's or whatever, wherever you care to go to. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. So we're going over to compilations. We're going to just look back through uh, the previous few months and pull out some of our best bits, some of our, our favourite interviews, some of our favourite tracks. Uh, so I guess we have to take this opportunity to wish everybody a happy winter solstice, Christmas, December, January, New Year break. Yes, enjoy it. Peace out. Toodles. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.